Sit back, it's time to get groovy. Question, do you remember that movie? Welcome back to Remember That Movie, or welcome for the first time. I am the third Alejandro Rosa on IMDb. And I'm Steve Johnston, not on IMDb. And we are here once again with another random episode from another random movie that we found. So, how do we start? Usually we start with, what are we watching? We start with the fast forward. Steve, what have you been watching? I have been watching nothing. Since the last episode, I actually have not watched anything for myself beyond really? the movie that we watched for today. Uh, however, my daughter, as I keep dragging her into this, uh, last episode, you will remember that she had watched Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. And intrigued by that, she sought out Laika's earlier film and partook in Coraline. Ooh, fantastic. Indeed. So good. A, a movie that I love and my wife hates because she finds it creepy as all get out. It is creepy. It is creepy. She's not wrong. Uh, did she <laughs> like it? Did your daughter like it? I think so. She hasn't gone back for a second viewing, so I don't know if there was something that she did not particularly like, but she seemed to enjoy it at first watch. All right. Yeah, like a amazing. I love that. I love both of those films, actually. Uh, well, yes. to make up for it, because I thought about this, I'm going to be embarrassingly full of things that I watched. To the point Excellent. that you're like, don't you have a job and a family and children? Um, so let's see. Let's see. What did we, what did I start with? I, I, I can say last episode, I started to talk about this, even though I hadn't watched it. But now I have started. And what that is, is What We Do in the Shadows, season five. A show that I just love. So far, season five is amazing. Highly recommend to anybody who's never seen it. It's great. The movie's great. The show is great. Um, I finally watched Dune, which I had been putting off because of my lack of interest for Timothy Chalamet. No offense, Timothy. I know you're probably watching and listening. Um, just I, I was going to ask, is it the new Dune or the old Dune? Uh, it is the new Dune. I am not a Dune. I'm not a Dunette. I'm not into the books. I have not read or re I'm not a real Dune head, um, but. I've always heard about it, right? Uh, everyone always seems to own an old paperback with the cover, you know, uh, half ripped yep. off that, you know, they've had since they were like 13. So I've never read it, but uh, the movie looked cool. And, you know, it was one of those where like, I should watch this. Everyone has watched this. I was actually at the movie theater, which I will get to in a moment. And uh, I saw the trailer for the second part. And the person I was with, the amazing Dr. Tracy, who's been on this podcast slash videocast slash, I heard a new term, vodcast. Ooh. Yes. Maybe that's what we are. Boy, we are a the portmanteau uh, of video and podcast. That's right. We, we are like. the vodcast you never asked for. Um, she mentioned her excitement when we watched the trailer for the sequel. And I love her opinion on all movies. Um, and so I was like, Hey, maybe I should give this Dune thing a try. And I did. And I did enjoy it. Actually. I, I thought it was very interesting. Um, so that was cool. And let's see, let's see. I did it. I actually went to the movies, not once, twice. I have gone to the movies two times since our last episode. 
Oh, I know what you did. I did the one and only... This summer. This summer, I did the full Barbenheimer. That's right. I went to Oppenheimer, which was three hours long, something I didn't know when I drank that bottle of water. And... <laughs> true story. <laughs> and and then I watched Barbie um, two nights ago. No, I watched it yesterday. I watched Barbie mm -hmm. yesterday. And uh, I enjoyed both of those films uh, very much. So, very good. Uh, I will say that one of them ripped me apart emotionally. And that was Barbie. And that surprised me, since one of them is, you know, about the atomic bomb and whatever, yeah. you know. And the other one is about a doll. But um, I had a theory about that film and why Greta Gerwig, brilliant director, would be making Barbie. And get all these people to be in Barbie. And it makes sense now. So, very good films. Both of them were very good films. Um, I would not be surprised if... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the lead actor of Oppenheimer. Um, oh, uh, Cillian Murphy. Thank Cillian you. Murphy. Yes, I would Sorry, not be surprised I... if when the award season comes out, he's nominated for awards. And honestly, mm -hmm. I would love to see Margot Robbie nominated too. Because I actually thought she was brilliant. And even Ryan Gosling, who, of course, has been nominated for things before, also brilliant uh, in a very interesting nice. way. Um, so, yes, I did that. And then one more thing. And for this, I have notes. And for this, I'm going to cut to single camera. Ooh. Hello, audience. I need to talk to you guys about Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs is on FX. It is in its third season, which I'm currently watching. You can find it on Hulu. And it is phenomenal. This is a show that was created by Sterling Haryo and Taika Watiti. Uh, it is an indigenous American television series. It is the first series to feature all indigenous writers and all indigenous directors. And most of the cast and the crew are also indigenous. If you haven't tried Reservation Dogs, I highly recommend it. This is the third season. It'll be their last season. Please watch. You, you will really... It's really great. And we're back. So, this episode's film was not picked by me, but it was picked by Steve. So, Steve, what did we watch? For this episode, we watched 1994's romantic comedy IQ, starring Tim Robbins... Meg Ryan, Stephen Fry, and Walter Matthau as Albert Einstein. Now, unlike a couple of the previous movies that I have picked, you had actually A, heard of this one, and B, seen this one, if I recall correctly. Um, is that right? It is right. And I will say that I have probably not seen this film since sometime in the 90s. Mm -hmm. It's possible that I saw this in theaters. Um, like I had said in the prior episode, I watched a lot of movies when I was in high school and junior high and, and before that, too. Um, I used to go to the movies all the time. It was my favorite thing to do. Still sort of is. And I'm pretty sure I saw this at the movie theater. But I have never seen it again. Had not even thought about it. When you said IQ, like the, the file all the way in the back of the brain... 
that was really <laughs> dusty sort of was like, wait a yep. minute, wait a minute. I think we know about this. Hold on. I've <laughs> seen that file somewhere. <laughs> I think it looks like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So I knew that actually here's what I remembered. Almost nothing. I remembered that it, Meg Ryan. I remember Tim okay. Robbins. I'd forgotten that Einstein was involved. I definitely didn't remember that uh, Walter Matthau was playing Einstein. Um, so it was like truly, you know, watching it however many years later uh, for the first time. Nice. So there were bits that came Excellent. back to me. Uh, there were jokes mm -hmm. that came back to me. And, and I really like those. Um, but yes, yes. So really long time for me, possibly from its theatrical release. Very good. I'm kind of in a similar boat in that I don't recall if I saw this in theaters or not. I would have sworn to you originally that I didn't, that I had seen it once it came out on home video, because I do remember watching it with my family, and I remember my dad and I quoting some of the jokes back and forth for uh, the years that followed. But then I stopped and thought about my timeline, and I realized that when this movie came out, would have been round about the time that I started going to the theater more often, um, largely because we had moved from Illinois to Arizona, and in Arizona, the nearest theater was five minutes bike ride away, which made it far more accessible. In Illinois, we lived a little rurally, so it was a good 20-30 minute drive. If you were going to go see a movie, you were going to go see that movie. You made a you know yeah a trip. It was an event. Yeah, you had to go. Yes. Um, just to yeah, counter so, that, where I grew up, my we could walk from our house. It would take a little mm -hmm. bit, but we could walk from our house through our neighborhood, then across a big area of lanes of cars, and we would hit the okay. mall and the movie theater. It was really close. Nice. And so, uh, nice. yeah, I could go. My sister and I went together many times. And also, it was like a two-second drive from my mom to just drop me off at the movie theater. So, yeah, I Excellent. went a lot. <laughs> but anyway. Moving on. So IQ. Where do we want to go from here? Do we want to do a summary? Well, I, I assume so. I think we have done one for every other movie that we have talked about. Okay, fine. Let's though, be consistent. Though we, we, we need to have a brief discussion, I feel, about what we are calling this segment. Because <laughs> it's changed, I think, from one episode to another. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's a plot in 60 seconds. Uh, we that do, was the original idea. That is the original idea. Uh, in the last episode, I called it a summary in 60 seconds, and so I changed the visual uh, so it said summary okay. in 60 seconds. But no, it is a, it you, is a you, plot in 60 seconds. That's a good title. So you, you, you changed the title and you confused your co-host. Yes. Which admittedly does not take a lot to do, but... <laughs> so, so... Plot in 60 seconds. Plot in 60 <clears throat> seconds. Oh... I feel marvelously unprepared for this one. You got this one. This is an easy one. Come on. Even I could do this one. Hmm. Don't you now? <laughs> but I'm not gonna. <laughs> because it's oh. your turn. <laughs> yes, uh, that is fair. <clears throat> and now, IQ in 60 seconds. Brilliant mathematician Catherine Boyd is engaged to a pompous twit named James Moreland, and the two, though engaged to be married, are not at all happy. 
they don't seem to click on a romantic level. As luck would have it, Catherine happens to run into a local mechanic by the name of Ed Walters, and Ed falls hopelessly in love with her at first sight. However, he's just a mechanic. She's a mathematician. It's not meant to be. Except that Ed happens to run into Catherine's uncle, a gentleman by the name of Albert Einstein, and Einstein figures that Ed is a far better match for Catherine than the pompous Brit twit. And so they set out to make Ed something that he's not. They pretend that he is a brilliant physicist in the hopes of getting him and Catherine together. But the question is, how far will they take this deception, and what's going to happen when it inevitably falls apart? I don't know if that was not 60 my seconds. strongest showing. Hey, hey now, hey now. No, no, I have done better. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it very much. Before we started recording, you mentioned, you hinted at a mm. prickly issue. I'm going to mess around with our structure, and I'm going to ask about Ooh. that first. So okay. before we get into the nitty gritty of this film, and it's not hard to get into this film. It really is a very small little rom-com. I'm very curious, Stephen. What is your prickly with this film? <laughs> so when I picked this movie and it got added to my list, I remembered it as an incredibly cute, delightful little story. And then I rewatched it. And to some degree, it is still an incredibly cute, delightful little story. However, it follows the trope of the guy pretending to be something that he's not in order to get with the girl. That in and of itself, I'm, I don't really have too big of an issue with that. That is the plot structure of a lot of movies. Um, not that I could name one if you've asked me to off the top of my head. And I'm not gonna. Thank you. The, the big issue, though, was that we have Ed, who is trying to get with Catherine, and then you've got Einstein and his three cohorts who are trying to get Ed with Catherine as well. There is this whole air about it of, we know better than Catherine what Catherine wants. And that struck me as not great. Um, <clears throat> the, the thing that lessens that blow and makes it not as prickly for me as it might otherwise be is that it is established fairly early on that Catherine's not happy in her current relationship. Mm. We see that on display. Um, so, yes, she's unhappy. Yes, these other guys have an idea of how to get her happy, but there is never sort of an honest approach to Catherine about the relationship. It is all done through deception, which isn't great. The other prickly part that I have was Tim Robbins' approach to meeting Catherine in the first place, <laughs> because um, one of the, like, the first two things he says to her are marvelous innuendos. They are. The, uh, the, 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 you ever get the feeling like the thrust is short and the ignition's premature? He manages to grab her address by eavesdropping on a phone call, shows up at her house unannounced, then shows up at her place of work unannounced. And sort of. I, 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 put it to, I put it to you yeah. that 
if you changed the the color palette of this movie, made it just a little a little darker, a little grayer, a little browner, perhaps, and then changed the soundtrack to be a bit more eerie, this would be the opening to a stalker film. <laughs> yes, a little, a little, <laughs> a little, a little. Yes, interesting, interesting. Okay, um, okay. So, so that was sort of my initial Good. feeling okay. on the 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 whole premise, and. I have to admit that given our previous discussions, once I got to the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, Alejandro's going to have issues with this as well. So I'm curious to know if sure. you did. You mentioned in one of our earlier, uh, one of our pre-conversations that you had thoughts. Yeah. I am curious if this was one of them. And this is why I was very interested in, in your take, because typically in our in our very short history on this uh, vodcast podcast, um, I have usually been wielding the, you know, feminism hammer, um, pointing out Hollywood's, you know, jackassery when it comes to how it treats women. And I expected that I would have the same issue with this particular film. Just to kind of give a little bit of context, um, we meet Einstein and three of his, you know, like scientists, physicists, friends. You know, it's very much the, uh, you know, the old guy science club. They all hang out together. They play badminton. You know, they have tea. The, these are their friends. This is what they do. Um, and yes, I'm not going to disagree with something that you said. The opening lines when they introduce Ed are terrible, right? <laughs> that, that whole joke, because, and here's the problem with it. That joke does not fit the rest of the film, and it does not fit the character of Ed at all um they actually the thing that surprised me about this film was that there was a level of genuineness and honesty to it that i did not expect so i expected i was coming in with my big hammer ready to destroy things right um but then i really paid attention to it and now i am going to say that it could be that i'm just in a very sensitive place because barbie ripped my heart out and so I was very emotional that day. And so that evening, I actually teared up during this film, um, believe it or not. Something that I can tell you I did not do in the mid-90s. Um, anyway, so the character of Ed was fascinating to me. And the, the whole context of it was fascinating because what do we typically do when we want someone to like someone else in a movie? We take the glasses off. Oop, I hit my microphone. We take the glasses off, right? We fix the hair. We try to make the person look more attractive. Oh, look, when you take the glasses off and, and you put them in, in different mm. clothes, you know, it's the ugly duckling, right? Suddenly becomes a swan. Right. What was interesting about this was that it was a reverse ugly duckling. It was like, you're kind of, you know, Ed's kind of handsome, right? But that's not what she's into. She's into intelligence because as einstein says in the film she is convinced that her role in life is probably to give birth to very smart children by marrying someone of equal or greater intelligence to herself um and that's where i find this where this movie plays an interesting game einstein and his friends decide to make ed into a kind of idiot savant physicist so that she will be interested in him because he is a mechanic 
and she's never going to go for that because they feel like she's in a relationship for the wrong reasons. Now, is it their job to do that? No. I think it's also important to point out that Einstein is a father figure to her, that her father has passed away, and Einstein has taken up that role as her father. Um, and that, that plays, I think, a big role in it too. I'm not saying that the criticism of like everybody knows best than, what is her name? I'm blanking. Um, uh, Catherine Boyd. Then Catherine. Catherine. Everybody knows better than Catherine. What I found interesting was the intention of it uh, and Einstein's particular intention, which is you are marrying for the wrong reasons. She's engaged to the character played by Stephen Fry. And he's concerned that she's making all the wrong choices in life, not taking into account her personal happiness. That was interesting to me. And I think mm-hmm. maybe that softened that maybe that softened the blow for me. Um I found this movie charming. I really did. More charming than I expected. I expected to be like, I will tell you, when you said IQ, I was like, ah, great. Okay, I guess we'll go back to that one. I've seen that. Um, And I found myself very surprised by the film. The other thing is that if you take away those bad jokes at the beginning of the film that should have been edited out, Hmm. the rest of the film is about Ed's earnestness and his genuine, absolute affection for this person. And also, he feels bad the entire time. He keeps wanting to tell her. He thinks it's wrong that he's lying. He's being encouraged to just hold on a little bit longer with the hope being that she'll fall in love with him and then you can tell the truth and then everything's going to be fine. And he regrets it. He regrets it. And the way that they have, when everything's found out, I thought was actually the most interesting part of this film. And I'm sorry to be jumping around. No, go for it. And monologuing. And I apologize. Um, It's quite all right. He was genuinely apologetic genuinely like i get it like you don't want to be with me anymore okay i am very sorry if i hurt you and and again that kind of took me aback he wasn't insistent like no love whatever he didn't do that <laughs> he was it, the character was just like yeah i totally screwed up i shouldn't have done this and i think i screwed this up and i'm really sorry and i'm just sitting there like that's the appropriate response she's allowed to walk away he doesn't chase after her he, uh, he apologizes. And I don't know. I just, there was something that was, they wrote the character so earnestly, so much of the time. And his absolute admiring of her intelligence, mm-hmm. which is why I kept like trying to swing my hammer and, and I kept missing because they'd be like, aha, so you're trying to, oh, wait, you're saying how smart she is. And how if you had a brain like that, you'd never stop talking. And how he wishes at some point she like truly believes how exceptional she is. And I'd be like, oh, oh that's actually a powerful statement to make about another human being. Damn. So that was like I had a reverse. <laughs> I had to, I, I saw the ugly duckling reverse thing and I was just like, oh. And there was earnestness to so many of the statements that I had a hard time being like, Okay, something's got to be wrong here. (laughs) (laughs) To the point, to the point. And then I'll really shut up. I actually brought my wife in. And I said, okay, you you get mad at movies all the time. Come on, you know. 
I'm going to tell you the plot. I'm going to tell you the plot. You tell me I'm wrong, right? This is, and, um, and I was like, look, this happens and this happens. She goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then this happens. She goes, oh, but he's valuing her. I'm like, yes, he is valuing her as a person, as an intelligent human being. But, but, but this happens is, oh, because they want her to be something other than a mother. And they expect her to maybe not give up on her career as a mathematician and actually believe in it, as opposed to that her only role in life is to be a mother. I'm like, exactly. And she's like, well, that's kind of very powerful. And I'm like, I know. Am I, I because I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm looking at this through the lens, uh, the wrong lens, right? Maybe, maybe you know, mm-hmm. I, I am still, you know, a, a, a man and maybe I'm missing something. And I'm not saying it's perfect because it's not, right? Deception is not cool, no matter if it's for love. Um, and definitely, you know, Uncle Einstein shouldn't have been meddling, um, but, you know, that, that was the plot. But the, the way that they handled that, I thought was very delicate. What do you think? Am I wrong? What, how do you, hearing that, what do you think? You can still disagree, of course. My thought evolved over the course of the film, um, because if you judge it just by the first little bit with the horrible innuendos, and the initial, oh, we're going to you know, put in place this deception um, in order to get two people together, then, yeah, that, that's not a great look. But you are absolutely right in that the way it is handled in the latter two-thirds of the film, where Ed is nothing but supportive for Catherine, um, you mentioned that he like admires her brain, not necessarily just her beauty. She's got brains and looks together. Um, and it's it's very much Catherine affirming at the end, as you mentioned, that took it right back into cute and delightful for me. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I just wasn't expecting to agree with you because I I would have right. thought I would have thought that you would be wielding your hammer. I thought um, I was going to be too. <laughs> so I I am actually quite pleased that uh, that I was wrong on that one. Excellent. Yeah, I I, w- I literally teared up during it at some point in the film i i just totally teared yeah. up um because i i thought it was kind of beautiful actually as someone who is married to someone and guys i'm not sucking up she does not listen to this podcast at all she does not like podcasts <laughs> and just because she's married to me has never moved her to listen um she's even been on the podcast but she doesn't listen to it um I am married to someone who I consider to be extremely intelligent, and I have an admiration for her for that. And I've always tried to make sure that I never lose that focus. So maybe it was also like seeing a relationship where he just truly admires her and is almost upset at how little she sees in herself, Mm -hmm. you know, because he sees so much about her. And honestly... Walter Matthau as Albert Einstein is pure charm. Brilliant casting. We talked about the prickly. Well, let's talk about the good. What did you like about this film? What does this film do right? Practically everything else. um, Any scene that involves Einstein and his three friends is absolutely golden. It could not help but smile any time that they were on the screen. So the the discussion of this movie is a little strange just because I got very hung up on what was going to be 
prickly about it. Ah. Okay. And so I didn't have an idea of, oh, let's talk about this, let's talk about that, let's talk about sure. that, and eventually we will get to the, the, the stuff yeah. that was um, not uncomfortable, because, again, it's... It's kind of weird, but then it ends up working. So, which is probably why I'm a bit discombobulated because what I thought was wrong with the movie is actually okay in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> well, to to me, let's to me, and and maybe to you, right? Maybe not to others, folks. Uh, yeah. It's totally fine if you see issues with this plot. I think that's fair. I think you can make the argument the other way, right? We could spend a whole time just breaking it down in that way um we probably could we definitely could i think that i was i think i was charmed by the damn film in a way that i Mm. was not expecting to be you know what here is the part that i would say was sort of the weirder weaker part of the film was the concept of like let's make him a scientist or a a physicist physicist that bit that honestly was the bit that I was like, okay, can we get over this yet? <laughs> like they messed up his hair and they gave him weird clothes, yeah. even though we had already they seen did. him multiple times, like on a motorcycle working in a garage. She knew what he looked like. And so that bit was a little far-fetched. But at the same but going back to something that you said, yes. they gave him the makeover. It just happened to be a nerdy makeover. They, yes, yes. You, you need to be a nerd. Let's make you into a really nerdy dude. So the girl will like you, which that was funny. The actual like having Tim Robbins walk around with like terrible hair. That was a little odd, (laughs) right? That was a little odd. They Uh, they tied a tie around his waist and said, there, that's your belt now. Uh, It was just weird and odd. I'm going to say this. I was not looking forward to a Meg Ryan film. Really? Uh Uh-huh. And may I ask why? Because my memory of like, oh, Meg Ryan, right? Okay, you know, she was she was the it girl. She was America's sweetheart for a really long time. And, you know, just, I don't know, something in my head said cliche, blah, 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 blah. And then gotcha. I watched her. And I was like, oh, right. You're Meg Ryan. This is what you do. You are mesmerizing to watch. And you're funny smart and your delivery is so varied and interesting and fun and your absolute charm personified right it's just like it's like a beacon of charm and her uh chemistry with tim robbins tim robbins another actor i haven't thought about in a long time and i was like he's leading man like i'm you know we all of course know shawshank probably one of his most famous films he's done a lot of films but yeah. that's the one that is always on that we all watch um their chemistry together was really great. Unexpected, Love. too. I did not expect them to have such incredible chemistry together. But the way he looked at her and the way she looked at him, like, I was <laughs> I was the one who, like, I had doe eyes. I'm like, this is beautiful. They're so cute. <laughs> uh, and I was amazed at that. Um, it was just beautiful. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't know. I, I think that I, I think I had my own memory of who Meg Ryan was and, and seeing this just reminded me like there's a there's a reason why she was in movie after movie and did and these movies did so well and they cast her in everything because she was great. Is great. She's still alive. 
Sorry, Meg Ryan. I know you're listening. Still alive. Uh, still alive. She's been directing, actually. One of my friends was an extra in a film that I believe she directed. Um, oh, fantastic. Like a couple of years ago. So she's still, she's still out there doing cool stuff. Going back to one of the, the very first scenes, I love the character introductions in this movie. Um, particularly the scene in which we are introduced to Catherine and James. Because it does kind of a gender flip from what you normally see in Hollywood. What do you mean? They're having dinner together, and Meg Ryan's character is the one that is feverishly scribbling something in a notebook, thinking and then erasing it and then correcting things. Meanwhile, James is flipping through paint samples going, what color should we paint the house? That's true. That's very every, true. Every other movie that I have seen that has had a scene like that, it's the guy who's reading his newspaper or thinking about something, and the woman is going, what color should we paint the nursery? Canary or sunset? And, and he so says, I, uh, I like the fact it's yellow. It's yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it the it's same? Yellow. It's just yellow. And, and she does that to him. Because aren't they yeah, all it's, the it's, same? It's and old, he goes, no, this, they're is, old green. this is algae. And this is... This is algae. <laughs> so I, I really loved that scene. I, I really did I love too, the yeah. scene. I, I like when they first meet Ed. Innuendos aside, if we ignore yes. Tim Robbins' innuendos, um, just him going over saying, oh, well, you know, the, the, the British cars, it's the electrical system because the Brits are too busy putting wood paneling on, so you've got the wrong voltage here. There's a, and Stephen Fry just looking and goes, yes, but what is wrong with the car? <laughs> But that's what's interesting. After that innuendo joke that should have been cut from the script, uh, he goes back into the garage to talk to his boss and his co-worker. And he is smitten instantly. And he is like, yep. I'm going to marry her. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like one, one, of my f one of my favorite quotes is from that scene. It was like death, but in a good way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and there is a great... So, when he goes to track down, when he, when he not very nicely writes down her address to deliver, and let's, let's make a point here. Not saying that this is any better because if you're a stalker and you show up with something that I lost, I'm still going to call you a stalker. Um, but yeah. he, she leaves her um, pocket watch. Yep. And so he's like, aha, this is my inn. I'm going to deliver the pocket watch. And of course he knocks on the door and who answers Albert Einstein. Also, one of my favorite lines. It's like, you're Albert Einstein. Thank you. <laughs> um, at some point, there's another line where his boss, Tony Shalhoub, said, yeah, you're, you're Albert Einstein. One of the most brilliant minds. You know, equal, uh, e equals MC squared. And he goes, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Walter Matthau does in this film is funny. But when it's he meets great. Ed... And Ed sort of kind of confesses, like, I like your niece. I think, you know, we're meant to be. And, and this is, and, and Einstein questions him, like, why? Why you? Why do you mm -hmm. think this is the way it is? And I don't remember the, the description, but it's that very much, you know, he describes the feeling that he felt when he first met her. Um, and it's so beautifully done that even Einstein's like, that's okay. That's, that seems pretty good. It seems pretty real. You better come in. Yeah, yeah. And I just <laughs> love that. I love that they become, uh, they get connected 
And and the beginning of the film is Ed telling Einstein his earnestness and his emotions towards this woman he just met. Um, so I don't know. Okay, is it a perfect script? Is it a perfect movie? No. It has some cliches. No. It has some goofy stuff in it for sure. But I still couldn't not be charmed by it. Like, he got me. Yep. Smitten. I was smitten with this film. I cannot help smitten. it. I, I didn't want to be... I was resistant, and and I got smitten, period. So I guess in that way, I should say thank you. Because I did not very expect that. So what do we think? Does this film hold up, Stephen? Yes, it does. As you say, it is charming. Uh, I still find it absolutely fun and lighthearted. Um, it holds up. Just ignore the first few things that Tim Robbins says. Yes, please do. Yeah, just ignore that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's it's an easy film to watch. You know, the reason we haven't gone into all the depths yes. of plot is because we've pretty much explained the whole film. Like that's all that happens. It's a very small film. It's a very sweet. Everything else that goes on is just icing on the cake mm -hmm. if you will it it makes it look good it makes it taste nice i did not think that one through i apologize no no, no. it's a whipped cream on an already delicious dessert right thank Is you that what that, you meant that's much better yeah you're lucky we don't yes. have merch because i would put that on a shirt uh <laughs> yes it's cute it's sweet if that's what you're into right if you don't you know, if you want a relaxing, romantic film, I mean, it is, it delivers. It's a 1990s rom-com, but it delivers in the best way. So, yeah, I think you can watch this. You have to rent it. Uh, once again, sponsored by us. We had to rent this. Um, it is currently available on Paramount Plus, um, just because I think Paramount and Showtime did some sort of merging together. Um or, as you say, it is available to rent on many different services. Yeah. I think on Amazon, I spent like $2.50 on it. Mm -hmm. Totally worth it. Best two fifty I've spent in a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope you enjoyed our kind of discombobulated episode. Um, we will be back with something, as usual. We have no idea. We don't plan these things that much in, a, in advance. Um, Says him. Ha. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry. Every other week, I've got to get that little jab in there. <laughs> but uh, feel free to, um, please, if you are on YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe to our uh, episodes. Feel free to comment. We like to respond when people comment. Uh, if you're listening to this in your podcast uh, platform, Feel free to do whatever you can do there to help us. That's fine. We're going to keep doing this because it's fun, because we enjoy talking to each other, and we love watching these movies. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Sit back. It's time to get groovy. Question. Do you remember that movie? 